0: I heard a lot about Mark. I mean, he, he has probably one of the most interesting businesses that I've seen. One of the probably the most interesting brick and mortar business I've seen in the city. And I, and I got to be honest, like at first, and I told you this, yeah. I was like, I heard it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, very, is, very common reaction. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't get it. And then I walked in there one day and I was like, wow, these people train hard and they're training really smart and yeah granted the instructors in a pair of briefs and that's fine but everyone was laughing and having fun and then when mark and i started doing these lunches which we haven't done in a while we should probably get yeah, it back, get back to it. eventually but we would do these lunches like probably every three months we just go out and kind of catch up talk about businesses i talked about my struggles um, I feel like I struggled a lot more than he did. He, did, he had a much quicker, quicker climb. But, um, you know, it was just nice to have someone to kind of, like a buffer to be able to bounce things off of. And the thing about his business that I admired so much is that you're you're always looking at this, like, fitness is life, like, approach. And yeah. this, like, you know, guy, like, like, with his shirt off with, like, perfect abs and all this crap. It's like, you know, whatever. And, you know, we're all kind of victim to that. That's what we sell. But Mark really kind of got in touch with the, in a way, the the theater the theater individual yeah. the average joe the person who maybe not have maybe didn't feel so secure to get to the, yeah. uh, to yeah. the gym and, and fitness and i think that's the best way to describe it you you created a culture and a community and really smart training to the point where, like, if someone talks to me about group training, because that's really what the majority of your models are, is group yeah. and semi-private, right? Group and right? semi-private, you, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you're kind of the guy. Like, you're the one. Like, I'm He's definitely right. more of a one-on-one person. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll admit that. I, and, but I feel like if someone wants to go into that community and be in like, this high energy but, like, smart coaching, that's what I want to see Dude, them go thank to. Thank you so much. Not Holy Barry's cow. Boot Camp and all this other stuff. And so, I mean... But that is
1: something that's, that Don does not usually have a lot of positive things to say about group training, except when it comes... To, uh, to yeah, your, they're talking to your about you know, a lot, oh, right, man? <laughs> and you know, it's it's funny, but uh,
2: there are a lot of understandable concerns about the way a group is commonly done. And yes. So, how, <laughs> so
1: your approach, how, and you opened in twenty twelve, your first location in twenty twelve, right?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: So, what was it that went into the way that you approached it that was different than other people, and how, like, like a yeah. Barry will say, like, what was different? I think
2: I got lucky because for me, I didn't actually have much exposure to any group exercise. All I knew was one-on-one personal training, and then I tried to do that. To a lot of people at once, so like for a while we used to even call it like large group personal training, which is a total oxymoron. <clears throat> but I know, uh, I know that for me, I don't say that a lot of what people traditionally describe as group exercise. I don't say there's anything wrong with it. I'm all about getting people moving, but I come from a kind of, you know, similar don, like a kind of a more nerdy strength conditioning background. And there are a lot of things that are done that are maybe fun or maybe interesting, but um, you know we would probably say are not in keeping the best practices of what we know about how human physiology adapts to stimulus. It's not, not saying it's wrong. It's cool, listen, you're moving, it's great. But I think there, you know, and, and to be clear, like, I am very aware there are certain compromises one has to make working in a group. There's certain things you just can't do. There's certain things that are not perfect. There is a social piece that is a big part of it. But I think because I didn't really know what the standard was, I was just like, well, let me just, like, have fun and create. And particularly cause in the beginning, I was largely an outlet for somebody that was a professional actor for a long time and also kind of like a Secret like philosophy nerd, this sort of weird performance art like vulgarity artist like stand up comedy life coach fitness instructor thing, um, and that felt right. Like yeah, I was once described actually. I felt this was like oh, it's like pretty spot on. there. like it's like if, Ru- if uh, Richard Simmons and Russell Brand had a left child. <laughs> <laughs> And this was actually hilariously. This is this is my favorite. I always put this up in uh, when I give talks because this is uh, the New York Post to describe mm-hmm. it, and then they're like, "He also carries a stuffed unicorn." Dot dot dot. He also has a girlfriend. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, "New York yeah. Post is like this guy's a homosexual." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but clearly, <he> is. Uh, <laughs> oh my, but but yeah, that was what. I mean, it's so funny in in the industry. Everyone wants to. You know, ba- they, they always want to bash you for something. Like, I was originally like, oh, he's a golf guy, he's not a fitness guy. And then, like, the fitness people were like, oh, no, he's not a fitness guy, he's a golf guy. Like, I'm like, suddenly yeah. it's, like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And with him initially, it was like, oh, no, you go in there and there's like dildos hanging on the walls and unicorns. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, and then with him and I became friendly, I'm like, I want to come see it. I came and I saw it. I'm like, Where's the dildo, man? I was hoping to see it. Yeah. He's like, no, it's in the office. But I, I went in there, and I—it's I so anticlimactic. It's a, no, you it's in, in, the in the office. Like you can pull one out a small dildo, in the corner and somebody's doing a deadlift. But 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 it, it was it was funny because it, there was there was an instructor in their briefs, and he was like, "There's a way to swing a kettlebell." He was swinging the kettlebell hard style, like he was he was ripping it. But he was laughing, and the class had this energy, and they were sweating, and they were having fun, and it was almost like this. It really was this pinnacle in my career when I saw that. It really was. I don't want to say it was like a turning point, but it was something that will resonate in my brain for the rest of my life. Because I saw that. I was like, you know what, man? Be the smartest coach on the planet. You can deliver the best training program, the best product in the world. You gotta have fun. And you, and you know, for years it was like yeah. the bodybuilding coaches against the strength coaches. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, everyone's like, oh, he oh, bodybuilds, man. it's not about performance. And the, and the bodybuilder's like, yeah, but he looks like shit. Yeah. And it's just like, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, can we all just get along and take yeah. a little bit? And, and in a way, you just you made fitness very relatable and really enjoyable. And that 45 minutes, when you go in there, it's for the people who are like, I struggle to get in there, I don't, what motivates you? You gotta find something that you love or you have fun with to, to a point. I yep. wanted to
1: ask though, about something you mentioned earlier about the struggles you guys both had as as business owners. Oh. So, what were the <laughs> struggles? We God, that Jesus. you had we only have really like an hour uh, dude. I, I know. <laughs> well, just I want to talk about the differences that you had that 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 Don had that, that Mark didn't cuz you guys said that you know you had some that were different.
0: I mean I feel like I mean I don't I don't know. My struggles were I had to almost recreate myself like through my business model. So my business model was initially golf fitness. Right. And then when I dove into golf fitness and I was like, all right, in the beginning, it's like, oh, you only need 200 active members to break even. And Mm -hmm. you're like, these numbers are in your head, and you're going through that. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm training Hugh Jackman now, and wow, like, 200 golfers in the city where I can really cater to the whole country. Like, everyone wants to look superhero-ready. And it's not that I, I got away from golf, but in a way, I just... I made a decision about like, the opportunity. My, yeah, I yeah. saw the opportunity and my passion really started moving away from golf. I love golf. Right. And so I like <clears throat> so in 2007, 2008, I had to pivot off my business yeah. at a time where I was we were struggling a little bit because of the economy and that was, you know, and then I had to play years to catch up. So that was my struggle.
1: But then did it also become the, to the point where it's like, "Oh, he's Don, He only trains celebrities." And then it's like he's the superhero like douche guy uh, like but you're not. are like, probably you...
2: plenty
0: of people saying that. Uh, but you're <laughs>
2: but you're I think like that's the thing that is unique about you because remember like even like 5 years ago like, celebrity trainer was not always in our circles, right? was not always considered a good thing. And you right. sort of like are the celebrity trainer that's actually the Jet. Well, I appreciate that. Well, we did,
1: that's what I mean. Like, you know, he, it, it's almost like a lot of people step in shit and they become, you know, they they, they train a celebrity and they, they slap that tag on themselves. They don't have 20 years in the business. Right. Yeah. right. And then they just happen to train celebrities.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, like Charlie Weingraff said to me recently he's like, listen, man whatever they want to call you, man. Yeah, I wish I could find something besides Celebrity Trainer. It's like not that it bothers me. I just feel like it devalues." you. It's like, man, yeah. it's, like it's mis- worth yeah, it. Just and let it go. And I was like, oh, it. you're actually right. I'll let yeah. it go. But for Mark, in it, you know,
1: 2012, did you have to overcome that stigma of like, oh, it's just group fitness, where it's um, Don saying you're, you're in there making sure people are doing these, <clears> these <throat> movements correctly, but also having fun?
2: Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I you know I didn't really have to overcome that for the clients. I'm, I'm sure there were, I know there were many people in the industry when they first saw I was just like what is going on? But it was interesting because I remember there was a very distinct moment before we even had a physical space. this would have been the summer of 2011 like and this was like back when video was like hard to do. so I spent a ton of money <laughs> like and this was when I was just sort of like evolving MFF but at that point it was like basically just me and I did a number of these like ridiculous videos, one of which actually uh, was about the FMS. It was like a spoof. It was like FMS, like hardcore. Because I was like, oh man, people say FMS is lame, but like me, all Brett Jones, you know, like bending nails. So yeah. like the whole joke was like, what if I rebrand the FMS? So we're talking like super niche, like no, like you, the very s- small sliver of the world would be interested in watching a video like this. But I remember when I did that, I was like, all right, well. This is the end of any credibility I might ever have, but I don't care. I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> How was and, your
0: response on that, by the
2: way? Uh, it was great. And and from the industry, and that was the thing that was weird because, like, I what was interesting was I used to go to all these events beforehand, but I was like a lurker. I don't really, like talk to people. I was like, ah, I'm open my mouth. People know I'm weird. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I think to my credit, realized well, my end client isn't really. Mike Boyle, I respect Mike Boyle. I'll feel badly if he thinks I'm a loser, but like Mike Boyle's not going to buy training with me. Like my my people are the Isle of Misfit Toys, right. and I can make things for them that that speak to people that don't feel like they fit in a traditional. Yeah, gym. but that's
0: what's so brilliant about it yeah. because, like, like, you can't be everything to everyone. But yeah, but here, like, a, a lot of the marketing, you know, the marketing messages are it's it, it's this guy that yeah. looks a specific way. He's catering to the island misfit toys. Right. There's how many more? There's a lot more misfit toys, than yeah. there are the guys that look like they should be on a cover of magazine. And so they, right. they're intimidated. They don't feel like they belong, and it's like they. It's relatable. Yeah. It, and yeah. It's fun. So he's like he's making something relatable mm-hmm. in an industry that that's probably the hardest thing to do yeah. relating to the person sitting on the couch. It's so true. And he's adding, he's adding the word fun to the equation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like wow, like. Like genius. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sorry. It's like why didn't we? Why didn't any? All of us think of that. It's, it's brilliant.
2: And you know, and we're certainly lucky. And you know, I think a, a fair critique of MFF people make is like I think to say to Avi's point is like, well, you wouldn't succeed with that in Iowa. And it's like, why? No, I probably yes, yeah. I probably wouldn't take that similar approach in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because to some extent, you know, it's. It's kind of a zig against, uh, you know, uh, uh, like the New York City group exercise scene, which again, like, I'm not knocking, but it's like broadly kind of like aspirational, beautiful people being beautiful together in a beautiful space. There's lots of beauty, and we're sweating, we're dripping, we rock hard, we're beautiful, and like also, like, by the way, super into beautiful people, right? So no hate yeah. here. Like I, I get it, yeah, uh, and I think. That is something to be said for for marketing this aspirational, but because again, my avatar was always like my friends. Like I just knew like that made them feel bad about themselves, made them feel self conscious. It felt unachievable. So from day one, I was just so hyper focused <clears throat> on like how do I get my friends? And my background again was an actor, so my 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 community was theater performers. It wasn't even like film actors. So now you're dealing with people that have like, first of all, have very uh, inconsistent to discretionary income. Um, and I'm dealing with like, you know, a middle-aged gay character actors, my best friend in the dressing room and this like beautiful, like uh, really like amazing looking female dancer who feels like we're in the gym because the guys are leering at her or this the older obese woman character actor. Like they were like my people that I spent 10 years around the country working with that I wanted to take the things that Mike Boyle and so many of my mentors were doing, and I want to, like, how can, I, how can I deliver to them right. in a way that would capture their imagination?
0: But that's kind of what you and I have been talking about. Zach and I have this mission. We should really write, we should figure out a way to articulate it, like, on the wall. But we really want to smarten, we want to, we want to start educating people when it comes to this sort of thing, when it comes to fitness. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not their fault. Like yeah, they're, not her fault. they're, you know, it's, it's not her fault. She's she's an actor, or yeah. he's an accountant, or she's a school teacher. They're doing teacher, other stuff, and yeah. she's just she's just seen someone on Instagram that has a great ass, and yep. it's like, wow, I want that ass, or I want those abs, and all right, fine, and, and they start following them, and yeah. you know, you're really empowering someone who just woke up one day and just decided, oh, I'm going to be a fitness. Icon, because yeah. um, I look a certain way, and now yeah. I'm going to sell product to people, and, which is really, you know, we, we've seen what's been happening. I mean, yeah. people selling product and, you know, not delivering it and right. stealing money and all right. this crappy oh. stuff. And now it's, you know, we're, we kind of made this in our mission in the beginning of the year, and we said, let's how are we going to do it? How are we going to make a change? One guest at a time. So we said all the guests we want to bring on. Like this is not about you having 30 million followers. This is about you being able to deliver something where you know, the viewer can get educated a little bit more and get a little bit more of an understanding of what it is that we all know here. Yeah. Maybe what you should be looking for when you're when you're when you're trying to find a group training class yeah. or you know, I don't hate spinning, but maybe I don't like spinning six straight days a week. You yeah. know exactly. What I mean? Exactly. You know, it's like yeah. oh, come yeah. on, things that come yeah. so natural to, yeah. to you. So. Yeah.
1: And it's a but that's the thing too, man. It's like. I, but I, before I jump on that, I want to go back because I don't think I let you answer about just some of the struggles that you had uh, when, you, when you first got started yeah. because I think it's important just to, you know, mm. I, I always find it interesting just having or hearing two different points of view yeah. on this because um, somebody that's listening or watching may be wanting to start a business and I think hearing these stories are really important to them.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, ours was interesting in that we hit it so hard outside the gate. We didn't really run into issues after we've been open for a few years. And I think there's probably one of the the best testaments, I think, to how seriously uh, Michael, my business partner, and I took it is, like, we knew it wasn't going to last forever. But there was a lot of, like, the right time, the right place. I mean, we, like... I mean, there was like a good year and a half there we were just like trying to fill out people's like membership agreements. We didn't even do any marketing for the first like probably 18 months. Like we just, and again, it was also, and again, I don't wanna say that we weren't working hard, we weren't doing things right, but that's not just that. That's also, literally everything was working. It was the right group of people at the right time. I had this existing network of all these people in the Broadway community. We had the right influencers in that community really take a stand for what we were doing. We did really know what we were doing. We found the right lease. It was all a bunch. of things that went really really well uh, and of course that doesn't last forever and we knew that wouldn't last forever and then I think it was really around 2016 when we opened up our second facility that things got tough and in a weird way I would almost say we almost felt like relieved in that moment we are like ah oh, finally like things yeah. are going crappy this is <laughs> some real challenge here might be skipping some payrolls here alright <laughs> owner not getting paid um, and then ultimately <laughs> it wound up you know, we figured it out as we knew we would. I think, and of course, you know, the advantage of challenges is their opportunities, right? Because right. I think the whole team laser focused. I wouldn't say we were like living off a fat of the land, but I think as soon as there was anything even remotely uh, close to like any actual existential threat, there was no more of the sort of like I don't want to call them stupid, but the small skirmishes you can get into in an organization where things are going well and the margins are great. Uh, and that I'm really proud of the way we we rallied together after that because it also forced us to professionalize the organization because the first couple of years, you know, we were reading books, we didn't like really know what we were doing, I and mean, we were like kinda tracking our numbers, but we mostly just got by on really delivering a great thing, being great at what we were doing. And I think you can totally do that for a couple of years. I just don't think you can do that for 10 or 20 or 50 years. Right. And I really would like to have somebody that has legs.
1: Um so is Michael, Michael's your best friend, is your, right? Is that, yeah, of, I read yeah, that yeah, right? right? Yeah. How did that work in business? And I know you were also in business with your brother. Does that? How does that work too? So you're with your best friend and with your family.
2: Yeah, I, I'll be. I mean, I'll be curious to hear your experience with this. I know that for Michael and I, again, it's more like dumb luck. And now, because a lot of the work that I do outside of Mark Fisher Fitness is um, coaching, consulting, and a lot of it's actually outside fitness. So a lot of my day to day now is also working with other organizations. And <clears throat> I now know no shortage of horror stories about partnerships gone horribly awry. <laughs> Michael and I got lucky, and you you actually see this in a lot of, I think, successful partnerships in that we had just been like friends as we were kids. So we literally had known each other for like almost 20 years before we started working together. Uh, Now, that's no guarantee, but it's not a bad start because we knew our values were in line. What we didn't know or we super lucked out was that our skill sets would be so complimentary and that the things we each liked and excelled at were the opposite of the other and each doesn't really care about what the other does in their own lane. Uh, and we are willing to, I never feel like Michael and I ever like argue about things, but we never agree on anything. Like It's almost like we're actually starting to play it a bit because we teach courses for for entrepreneurs where we'll literally like put up the slide and be like, oh, this is great. We can uh, argue the slide. We can be like, here's why Michael's wrong, or here's why Mark's wrong about this thing. And I think that makes your thinking better. Because I think the, the danger you've seen a lot of organizations are it can be very easy to get in groupthink. It's very hard for people to be candid, particularly when there's a power dynamic. And the advantage of having a very strong personality as my partner is Michael is <laughs> never shy about telling me, and i got to say, I'll give a team Credit, they're mostly not shy about telling me they think I'm doing something dumb, uh, and they're they're right more often. I care to admit. But Michael's been a great blessing because he and I are are you know probably closer to brothers than friends at this point. Um, but I also don't take it for granted, and it's like you know I'm I'm totally like afraid like one when we
0: wake up one day and we just want different things from our lives, I mean, you know. <laughs> but well, I, listen, I, I think at some point like it's gonna end. Like it's just you, you know at some point like you exit or you shut the doors or you move on to something yeah. else or you know like i said exit i mean could be an incredibly positive thing i mean you know you look at the ericos who started equinox and when they unloaded yeah. they, they were they were done and yeah i know there was other stories of them trying to start other gyms and little spots and i don't think it really mattered how it how it really did at that point yeah. i think they were just more more of a more of a pet project but listen i mean i think that's what i'm going i've gone through with my brother cuz a lot of similarities there and we have very different focuses the thing with my brother and myself was, I, I he he didn't have to be so in it all the time. He didn't have to, you know, be there on the floor from six a.m. Like I was, on am the face right. of that business. Right, right, right. And he really everything he handled was bookkeeping and accounting and banking. And I think at a certain point, he just realized that you know the business is really actually doing well now. And but he wants more in his life yeah. so I think he decided listen he still <clears throat> owns a chunk of the drive and but he decided to get off into wealth management and him being the golfer that he is now he can use his golf game to you know um, you know land clients and build business yeah, totally and that for me I was incredibly happy for him but that was a great thing coming to an end I mean at a certain point when he ended up leaving I was like oh he's leaving me like it was saying, I'll yeah be honest, I really I really thought that yeah. it was I wouldn't say I was bitter, but I was definitely you know I, I think I wanted him to what what I wanted, and that was yeah. unfair that I was saying that. I'm like, no, dude, you got to go. The right thing to say was, no, you got to be happy, and you got to yeah. keep reaching. Just like I want to yeah. keep reaching. It's so, so true. I think but that how long did it take you to get there? I mean, I just got there. Today, yeah. no, <laughs> know, I think probably in in all honesty, probably the last year. Yeah, I've been able to. You know, I mean, we've been in this business. Our lease is 14 years in. Yeah, geez. this uh, last May, <laughs> my, like my like my lease expires next May. In that location. Do you want to stay there? I, I I want to move because I've got some cool stuff going on right now. I would not even say it's a rebrand, but not to jump the gun early and disclose too much. But I got a celeb client right now that I might be going into business with, and we're gonna do something that's a little more repeatable than what Drive is. Robert Downey but, Jr. No. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see Lesson Zero? I don't know why I just thought. You ever seen movie Lesson Zero? No, but I've been thinking about it lately Dude, because I watch haven't seen it. The freaking. Movie to okay. this day, it's still his best movie. I'm, I'm committing to do it. <laughs> I think it might have been too close to home on, for for him. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna I don't watch even know do why it. I would mention. Why do you like, watch I'm, him? Why did I don't why mention lessons here? I think it was on my on my mind. But you know, listen, great things come to great <laughs> things come to an end at a certain point. But I think with like you know, with every door that closes, a new one opens. So yeah. can, you,
1: can you can you be honest? Is it Bill Pullman? No, no, all
2: who's
0: right. Bill Pullman? I don't know,
1: so. <laughs> Figured it I don't might
0: be know him.
2: who that is. No, oh, I was gonna say Bill it, not dead, is Independence he? Independence Day. So. Like, Bill Paxton. still a alive.
1: Wait, do I have the right
0: guy?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, totally All right guy. Right. Right. I was confused.
0: So your first location was on the Upper West Side, yeah. Which I, which I, which uh, Hell's been, Kitchen. Hell's sorry, yeah. Hell's Kitchen, and um, you've really added a lot to that. Like yeah. So another thing
2: we got lucky is we started with. Little like 3,000 square foot space, which is not like, you know, super small, but we were able to do four expansions in the same buildings because my landlords own the whole side of the block. And 39th Street is like nothing is going on over there. There's no, there's there's nothing going on there. It's still actually not always a great area. Yeah. Yeah. So we just got lucky because I don't think there were a lot of attractive potential tenants because it didn't really make sense for him probably to. To Lisa to me, frankly, in retrospect. He's but. got a group he's got a
0: group training area that's almost like it almost feels like a theater when you walk in. There's that that, that yeah. mezzanine level, right? Where you can kind of yeah. look down
2: at the classical well, Although that, that's sadly the mezzanine level we did wind up having to, to, to get rid of. To what well, we turned it into an office. Huh. Because we used to live, so this was really wild. I mean, it was so ridiculous when I think back to it now, but we lived on the third floor, <laughs> which was amazing because it was actually this really beautiful, like, I mean, it was like a nice, like, luxury condo situation. Uh, which was amazing. We moved in, but then we kept like hiring people. And at a certain point, we didn't have like a living room anymore. You know, and you'd be there like Saturday morning, like making your eggs, and like a bunch of people like, like just past the door, like making calls. So, so we needed an office, and that's that's what that is now. That's cool. Is yeah. it
1: true you give each employee a self education budget?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. They get a well, they get a reimbursement stipend. Okay. Um, we are obsessed with continuing education. Um, honestly, it's something I'm still, like, never happy with where we're at. I think it's something we've really worked on the past few years to figure out, okay, what are the systems? Because when I think about this from, like, a management, like, uh, perspective, you're always trying to balance the individual's desire to be what they want to be and and create what they want, but also, like, keep them accountable to some sort of standards. And in addition to everybody getting a stipend <laughs> that they get reimbursed for cash back on what they invest in, which, by the way, I'm like, ludicrously like, yeah, sure. OK, you're going to invent where they're going to be channeled entities teaching <laughs> spiritual consciousness. Yeah, sure. That's great. Yeah, I can go to that. So we, we have a pretty broad definition because for me, if it's personal development, same thing, personal development, professional development, I feel great. Uh, but then we also invest in a fair amount of things where like uh, last year, Q4, Uh, Not everybody on the team had a current FMS, so we'd like, all right, well, let's buy FMS for the entire team. So we spent a lot of time and energy in it, and we have a lot of vigorous, passionate debates amongst the team about like, what is actually useful to them, what is actually going to change their behaviors now, what is going to lead to their career. Um, but it is true that we are very committed to it
0: and always looking to improve the actual execution. I, I You know, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, this is a topic I was having. Do you know Cody Vence? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Cody's one of my one of my smartest coaches, you? and he's becoming a physical therapist. We were at of breakfast this morning. We were talking about something as simple as the, as the F- FMS. And what's interesting about a lot of coaches out there is, you know, if you're a good coach, you have this yearning to want to develop your skill and mm-hmm. your craft. And even to this day, 20 years into it, I still take continuing ed. It's not every month anymore right. or, or every few weeks because I don't have, you know, I have a family. But, you know, what starts happening at, at a specific point is I think you have to subjectively look at your coach and just say, what am I telling you to go get? Or what are you going to get that's actually applicable? And something, some courses you can take could become a weapon a dangerous weapon, if you bring it back into the training environment. And you're like, well, how is that? That's that's a little, it sounds a little little extreme, but like suddenly, like I'm making this up, we have a coach that doesn't understand the FMS or doesn't understand the hard style kettlebell or doesn't understand tension techniques. And out of nowhere, he's like, no, I'm going to go off and take a PRI course. And suddenly I'm like, holy shit. Like you're going to go spend a whole weekend, you know, discussing diaphragmatic breathing, and your ribs moving, and the, yeah. important, the stuff's important, yeah. but then, why, like are you coming back trying to become a physical therapist? Are right. you on the floor now trying to apply all the stuff you're so excited to learn right. into the training session right. that you should be training, right. you shouldn't be sitting there for you know, 40, and a quick example, years ago I had a tour player come in, I had one of my PTs who I love to death, and I could talk about this, not mentioning his name, but he spent the first 50 minutes with the guy, this was like eight years ago, working on breathing patterns, the guy was in pain. And I asked the client, what did you think? And he goes, it was a disaster. I'm coming in pain. He's talking to me about how my breathing's bad. And I don't mind disclosing this because I learned a lot from that situation. This stuff could become a dangerous weapon. And I think you need to know, fine, can FMS be 100% applied in your environment? I don't know. I don't know if it's something that everyone's using with every single client yeah. to come in. I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I don't know your business that well. But I still think the joint-by-joint joint approach is an important tool for people to learn when you're running them through a warm-up and you're assessing, wow, that guy can't hinge. You know, they can't, you know, they're they're trying to do an an overhead drill and they can't externally rotate their shoulder and they're going into extension. Like you need to know this stuff as a coach. And that's a problem with a lot of group training out there is you have coaches coming in and they're taking an exercise and they're turning it into a weapon because they do not understand what that individual should or should not be doing. Yeah.
1: Is it don't understand or don't care?
0: Both. I, I think yeah. I, I, I think it can be both. I don't think it's both in every circumstance. Yeah. but I think I think when you bring some light to a coach and they're like, oh wow, I didn't know that, and they get yeah. excited. Yeah, sure. But I think some other coaches are like, screw it, I just yeah. want to make money. You yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think it's certainly probably some
2: people out there that are, are, are bad actors. I, I think you know the other thing too that becomes nice. challenging. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm an optimist, and it's uh, Hanlon's <laughs> razor: uh, never ascribe to malice so what can be easily explained by incompetence. So <laughs> for a lot of uh I think coaches, one of the challenges you run into, right, is if one doesn't have the abilities like Dan John would say, to just never get tired of the basics because people want, it's kind of go back to the, the continuing education development conversation. They want opportunities to grow and develop and change and evolve in some way. Well, the challenge is if you're doing, and this is a million challenge we have in MFF because it's you know general population like group training. It's like I got some guardrails on here, right? Like so, yeah. like in classes, for instance, we don't do overhead pressing because I just have figured out I can't convince these people not to do this, yeah. no matter what they do. They're very emotionally annoyed by it. I don't necessarily need to press the overhead, so I'm just not going to do it, right? Right. And the challenge, I think, for some coaches are, unless you're going to the world of rarefied sports where that stuff really does start to matter, um, what you will tend to see is they either get so down the rabbit hole of a level of performance or like rehab, prehab, borderline out-of-scope stuff, because they're interested in it, but it's not necessarily necessary to that client, particularly dealing with gen pop, that it can be... It can, it can sometimes be challenging, right? At MFF, I think part of what has served us is by going so deeply in uh, the behavioral change coaching stuff. Uh, that is a world where like, I'm very comfortable with them going down that rabbit hole because that is a, a craft one never masters because every individual is different and yeah. getting good at, at helping somebody under, come to clarity around what it is they actually think and what it is they feel and then helping support them move in a direction of behaviors will support their goals is, humbling to say the least it's very humbling
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think there's something that Don mentioned earlier but I want to I kind of want to walk through it because we're mentioning a lot about group fitness and a lot of people I feel like have an idea of what a gym is or what a gym should look like and he's he mentioned what your gym kind of looks like yeah. but I don't like think people really get, pic- really get a picture yeah. if they don't know what it is can you kind of describe yeah, yeah, yeah. what
2: it is the way to, I always describe it is like so if you've spent time recently like a child like a small child if you, you take like a small child and you like give them acid <laughs> and then have them paint like, so it's like a very, like, kind of, like, glittery and graffiti, and, and I also, I'm very interested in that juxtaposition, because I also like that there's also, like, iron and steel. Like, there's something about, like, we've never done this, so I have this, this idea for, like, an image I want to get painted. I want to get painted, like, like a super, like, bodybuilder, like, drag queen holding a kettlebell on, like, a <laughs> glittery unicorn with, like, a barbell, with, like, 405, like, overhead pressing. And there's something about that juxtaposition yeah. that... Uh, I'm very interested in. Um, <laughs> so, the space is, is a lot of graffiti. It's very like purple and pink and weird colors. And uh, we also were lucky, and in some ways, more so in HK, because HK was a found space. So, it's retained more quirk. Bowery is beautiful, but it's like, it's more conventionally like, oh, you're a nice New York fitness <laughs> studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think everything about that space is just so weird and quirky, and we just like had to make things work. That for me, I think that's a lot of the charm of it. I always say, like, MFF is like, it's like an art project, right? And it's always, I always want to feel like I, I made this thing for you. And it's like, it's a little dirty because I dropped it on the way over, and I think I might have broken, but I made this thing for you, right? Um, which is interesting because, like, long term, you know, I know that we've talked about this too. MFF is probably not the thing I would scale. Like, and I'm already like, okay, well, what is the thing I can... Well,
0: wait, are you... Because the last time you, you had lunch, you were like, yeah, I don't know if I want to scale. Did you change your mind on that? Uh, not MFF. Okay. So not MFF. Okay. Yeah, like,
2: I, I think similar to you, right? Because my MFF, because it's a love letter to humanity, there are things in it that I wouldn't want to change. Right. That I can't, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, write you up. Like, oh, you didn't, you didn't throw any dildos today. I will have to write you up. You're not yeah. wearing your flair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and furthermore, I do think it is a truism of entrepreneurship that it's always easier to start a new thing than like fix a thing that you didn't really quite yeah. know how to do and you're you were right, making yeah. up on the fly. Because
1: it's working, so you don't want to try to like perfect something that's
2: working, yeah. especially
1: if you if you really love what it's become, right? Yeah,
2: totally. And you know, there's there's other you know, and particularly now, and I feel like so lucky and blessed because like the team is in place now. where, like, I don't really have like a job anymore. I don't have much day to day stuff. I have like a team meeting once a week, and I. Meet with our CPO once a week and what, then what do
1: you do with these team meetings and what do you do with the CPO? Like what what can you yeah, walk me through that? Yeah, what for it, sure. So,
2: so like? for the team meeting, we have uh, we use a system called Traction, which is like a, a, a one of a number of commercially available like entrepreneurial operating systems they call. Um, there there's nothing about it's it magical, but it's just like a well thought out, like kind of done for you system of everything from getting clear on like your 15 year goal to like your three year vision to five to six smart goals for the year working back to everybody on the leadership team having three to five rocks they call them what is our project for the quarter that we must get done what are the three rocks for the organization that we all know on pain of death we're going to get done this quarter and then you work back to individual scorecard where we track weekly numbers everything from uh, revenue to terminations to strategy sessions booked to uh, net promoter score like uh, subjective survey data from ninjas. So I look at that on a weekly basis. So between that and then like the monthly numbers, it gives me a good sense of what's going on in the business. I also read every piece of feedback that comes in the MFF. Uh, Ninjas are very passionate about MFF. They're very generous letting us know what they think. So we get a lot of candid feedback and I read all that. So that meeting is just a 60 minute. It's a tight meeting. You do the numbers up first for 15 minutes. Then you do something called Uh, The IDS, identify, determine, and solve, where we like Andrew, who's our CPO who runs MFF, (laughs) is like, here's an issue, we got to figure out. Sales are down for Ninja Summer Camp. We're not where we want to be. Ninjas are coaches, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, ninjas are the clients. Clients, Sorry. What what, what
0: do you call the coaches?
2: Uh, I call them MFFers, but I can't make fetch happen. That's not caught on, but I call them MFFers. Ninjas (laughs) are the clients. Sorry. So. So that, and then we sort of talk about as a leadership team, people have action steps, and occasionally I have to-dos, but for the most part, my, day, my real job for MFF is I still, to this day, write most of the copy. So I'm a big fan of marketing and sales copy. so I write landing pages, I write emails, I oversee social, I don't do it, but I oversee uh, strategy. And then when Andrew and I meet every week, uh, essentially he comes to me with a list of things that are going on he either wants to loop me in on and or that uh, he wants my help with and then I will give him what, I, what I've taken call an acorns of greatness. So I read, like I'm a very, very rich reader, I read like two, like three books a week, like I'm crazy with their audiobooks, their audiobooks. So I always say, people like, that's not possible. I'm like, you're right, that wouldn't be possible. But audiobooks on double speed, you can do two to three. Mm-hmm. So but because of that, and because I'm also going to conferences, and I, I do a lot of speaking, I'm always like hanging out with smart people like Don, I'm constantly coming back with what I call acorns of greatness. And I'm like, Andrew, he's an acorn of greatness, but you run MFF, so you don't need to do this. Um, and then Michael and I have a separate meeting, but Michael is like completely out of MFF, so he mostly just works on our other company business for unicorns. So all of this is to say that the advantage of having MFF where it is right now, I have brain space to think of like, okay, what could be another thing? Because um, yeah, you know, as recently, as you know, the, ch- the challenge is I just like my life so much, yeah. right? I don't totally want to blow it up, mm-hmm. but you know, like like any human, like I'm like, okay, what's the next what's thing? The like, next thing? could right. could I think of like something that's like like Soul <laughs> Cycle, but but, but they're like, I'm super stoked about, like, what might that be? So I have found myself of late thinking that, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Ask me in a week. Keep, how, do you, how do you become part of your team? Uh, like, how does it, are you looking for a job?
1: No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It was actually uh, somebody um, on my team was like, how, how do you pick your team? How do you become part of it? You know, they're curious. It's because they, they look at your website and they're like, yeah. wow. like And they were also curious, because um, it's like on your website, you're, definitely you look different in person yeah. than you might on yeah you know well,
0: yeah this haircut i don't think yeah. it's a website did you have
1: short hair on your website
0: uh no no, I no. You,
1: no. yeah i think you had longer hair
2: yeah I had longer hair on the website yeah. and
1: uh yeah i mean it's also like a, a person that runs such a crazy you know crazy place <sighs> i know
2: man i was like you're wearing pants it's so i know yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. what
1: are you doing man yeah like, where's your sure. yeah for but sure, it's like sure. you know i guess it's like you know how do you um it, it just seems like it, they wouldn't expect it to be so put together yeah. and uh, so down to earth that they, they'd expect some guy that's like maybe eating the acid and painting right, it all, all right the time. right right right, um, right right so so yeah it's like how do you make the impression on you to want it to, to, to get to be a part of your team and yeah. um, you know like how does that how does yeah I and mean,
2: I think we're lucky not like the clients what we do is so unique that the people that really feel like this is the right fit for them uh, That believe what we believe, like, will aggressively raise their hand. Uh, That's not to say that we never have to do outbound searching for talent, because I think we're always looking for talent. And that's another thing that's relatively new for us. We are now Mm -hmm. in a time where I suspect going forward, I anticipate we'll lose a trainer like every two to three months. And I think that's actually kind of a healthy thing, because I think for a lot of people, there's some people that you know, if they wanna be there for 15 years, like I feel great about it. If they're happy and we're happy and that's awesome. But I understand, you know, for some roles at MFF, it's gonna be like a two, three, maybe five year tour of duty. And there's actually benefit to the organization to have some fresh blood coming in on a regular basis. So if somebody is, so, uh, the, is the question like how does somebody get a job at MFF, or how do we find people?
1: I think it's I think it's both. I think yeah. it's like how do you find people, and also like how yeah how would you make an impression at like a, a place like yours? It's not like a typical yeah it's not like your typical gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've, I've asked Don the same question, and it's it's a lot. You know, it's, it's Don's told me his process, and it's it's involved. It's not yeah. you know it's not easy, and um, yeah. I, it's from what I can tell, it's probably not easy. For your places yeah uh, either and it's also it's also different because it's it's a different it, it's I feel like it's also a performance as well because you know you're you yeah. have to have people who are like a and on and yeah you know like they have yeah. to be t- willing to meet that type of energy totally
2: yeah I think um, yeah it's a great point I mean, and I think you know what we've seen over the years is uh, by no means have we never had situations where our in spite of a person being a lobby person, they weren't the right fit, it didn't work out. But what I think we've actually seen, which surprised me, was there's a pretty wide breadth of personalized styles that could do their version of it. Because we've had a lot of variety of people over the years. Certainly need to be able to get up in front of the room and like lead, right? Because that's another thing that's different about group exercise, even versus like semi-privates, it requires an ability to really take ownership and lead 15 people at once. so we, uh, you know, have our own interview process, like many people. It's like a very specific 10-step one. I'll spare you all the details, but it's like like a lot of other people. You start with like the 15-minute phone screen. You confirm comp and availability, confirm they can like speak and, you know, verbally communicative. Then they come in for a group interview with a lot of people. We have like a bunch of very specific processes around behavioral-based uh, interview questions. If they pass through that, then they do a stress test. Uh, particularly for the training team for the fitness director, because we want to see like, okay, well, how do you actually behave in front of people? Like, what does it feel like to be coached by you? Um, and then uh, then there's the final gauntlet with me, where anybody that's gonna hired, I like to really like spend some time with and really kind of wear I'm down. Because broadly, I want to know like how will you behave in six to twelve months? when, like, you realize, like, I leave my socks on the ground. Yeah. And MFF, it's frankly even more problematic because some people are like, oh, MFF. If if they're into, right, if it's their thing. Um, and I very quickly try to disabuse them in the motion of any, like, Narnia because it, it is not, it's an imperfect place. I'm an imperfect person. I try to really leave with my family is what I don't right. do well. And I want to know, like, how do they behave when they're not in a good place, because you work with someone for six to twelve months, and for me, because the culture is so important, because MFF is is well known for a culture, right? And I think oftentimes, understandably, when people think of culture, and I think it's true for all businesses, they think oftentimes of like branding or like these symptoms of the culture, like the dildos or the unicorns or the capes, and that is an expression of the culture. But for me, like it's broadly about like I want to make the city I want it to live in, and I want people that I like hanging out with that like are cool and if they're having a bad day they know how to manage their emotions and if they're upset with me about something they're willing to be like hey dude you really upset me the other day when you said that thing so we can like have it out because in a lot of organizations and again there's a lot of the work I do now in organizational culture it's like I don't know I'd say like people don't have the conversation they should have like Probably more often than not, right? And also, MFF is not perfect. Right now, there's probably people <laughs> saying negative things about me that I'm not going to hear. Um, but I think more often than not, we are willing to have difficult, painful conversations with each other. And not only does I think it make the business better from like a strategy perspective, because all our brains are together, but I think that allows us to ideally continue to grow and develop as a human being by learning about the places where we're, we're not showing up positive for other people.
0: Right. Do you feel like, this may sound like a bizarre question, but you you do have a turnover of coaches yeah okay yeah. do you feel like when a coach leaves he or she a lot of times is saying that they can do it better you know what I'm saying and, and there's a reason why I'm yeah. actually asking this I mean there's there's they, they don't know what's going on behind closed doors they don't yeah. know you know they didn't know what you had to deal with with Bowery yeah you know, they don't know about business problems personal problems maybe problems with your partner who knows it yeah could be, you know, do, you, do you feel like they, that they leave and they're like, oh, no, I could do this better? Or do you feel like that they leave on pretty good terms?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think they leave on pretty good terms and, you know, it could be naivete. I, I have to honestly I don't I, I can't say that I, I genuinely think and I could be wrong that people leave thinking like, oh, I, I could do a better job than this. I think they might leave because their time there is done because there's things we're doing. They just think we should do differently and they're just ready for the next thing. Uh, because MFF is kind of a unique thing and I think part of that perhaps is because we are like very transparent open book like terrifyingly so so like everybody, anybody that wants to come to like look at our numbers like come look at our numbers come look at our margins want to know how much money we made last month well check it out Uh, so because of that I think they're they're as looped in as I can make them because the flip side of it is they don't really care by definition being employed they don't they don't really care they just want just pay me and pay me more money right. like I don't really want to like I don't want to hear about your rent increasing you know right right right, um, right so and again that that could be naivete but I am very proud I think for, like we've really even when, when we, it's been our decision for the to, to end the time I feel like we have without fail like had it be like really like like conscious and intentional and really like had a good going away. Um, but, you know, that who knows, there might be like a former team member listening being like, ha ha, yeah, I yeah, could yeah. do better. I mean, Our first couple years, again, we didn't know what we were doing. So first couple of years, I was like, this place is going to be like a virgin. So decide what business you're going to start now, baby, we're going on the moon, right? And then it became clear, you know, even when you're looking for entrepreneurs in a business, it is a certain type of person that doesn't want to do their own thing, but has the chops to be entrepreneurial and like really drive drive a train, right? So, a couple years in, it kind of became apparent that like, oh, this is like, I said a lot of things, and like, some of you like, I'm not probably going to be able to pay you just about any more than this ever. And then I think we really normalize it that part of our aspiration for MFF is to be a great place to come from. So, for some of our coaches, there are definitely like a handful of people, yeah, that I hope are there 10, 15 years, I can't imagine the place without. But for a lot of people that want more opportunity, want more things, for me, like literally, the mission of Mark Fisher Fitness is to unlock and amplify each human's inherent power. And if we're gonna do that with the ninjas, I think we have to model that. Which means when somebody comes to me and their dream is bigger than MFF can handle, I'm like, I'm in. What do I do? How do I help? Like, and they've also been. This is like, I'm like emotional. I just feel so grateful for this. People usually give us like two months. This sort everything's of been amazing. <laughs> We've never had a scramble because people are like, I'm just letting you know it's time for me to end. I'm giving you your two months notice, and it's also cool too because I'm also not worried about them like stealing clients or like. I mean, yeah. I, I just like. And again, has some of that stuff happened? Like maybe, but even then, it's like you know, class example. Our buddy Fury. Yeah. Like when Fury left, Fury would just be like, I was like, yeah, anytime somebody wants to come, you just like email me. And he's like, hey dude, someone just reached out. They they don't want to train out how with the train me. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy, it's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: like uh, abundance, man. Like, there's enough for everybody. Yeah, like, I think this is the first of many. Meetings with Mark. I, I mean, hope there's so. A lot to. What I would love to do too, if it's possible, was, you know, I think we should maybe one day get a camera up to his facility to show. Hey, people if you would us. allow
1: us to, I would oh love it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, you'd be. I welcome would. Too. I would love to check it. I mean, after Don told me about it and I scoped it out, I was like. So I, <laughs> I think
2: it looks, why don't we, why pretty, are we it's to going to be, a, be so anti now. Yeah, You'll but come why, in and why why like, do it? no, 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 you're you, playing you, got you got can got create something, new. you're an actor. You're but sure, new. we
0: could pretend. Like yeah. Can we come in and put like briefs on? Oh, uh, like, well, we missed, you know, we just, we just, the, uh, <laughs> we just did the,
2: we just did the jockstrap class on Saturday, Saturday. I want to come to the jockstrap class. We couldn't have allowed cameras in for it, for obvious reasons, but we do that actually every year as a fundraiser for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights Aids, a bunch of our, a bunch of our male ninjas get together and Beast, who's like every gay man's dream, like teaches the class. it's just like, it's it's like much of MFF sounds often like very subversive and ribald, but ultimately is strangely wholesome and nurturing and motherly in a way that's very confusing. See, it's very, I never even knew if
1: it was ribald or ribald. Oh, is it is it ribald? I don't
2: know. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, that's why I
1: never say the word. Well, yeah. No, but the, honestly, I, I'm, that's really cool, by the way. And I wish, um, please keep us informed um, when you do those types of events. I would yeah. love to help spread the word on them. Yeah, thanks um, so much, man. That's really, really cool. And I... Listen, it won't be anticlimactic. I would love to check. Yeah, out Yeah, honestly,
2: it would be an honor. We love. We're so proud of. We love having guests. We love sharing our home with people. So well, I'm coming. I'm coming.
0: No, we're going together. Do us a favor. Tell everyone who's watching, you know, how they can get in contact with you yeah. if they're interested in, you know, yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah, yeah. Blog, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Social media.
2: Awesome. So the places to find me are if you go to markfisherhumanbeing.com. That's like my main home, and you find all my other websites on there. Also, you can find my speaking schedule. For more about MFF, you go to markfisherfitness.com or at MFF Clubhouse. And for more about Business for Unicorns, which is the consulting company we mentioned, you can go to businessforunicorns.com, and you can find me at Fitness on Instagram.
0: There's very few people in the industry. Every time I see him, I want to give him a hug. Mark's definitely one ah, of them. He's just one of those okay. guys that him and I always clicked with. And I couldn't be more proud of the direction he's going in the business because he's making a difference. The right way. So, salute you, sir. My brother. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, Thank well, thanks you. for coming, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. What a joy! Yeah, yeah a lot I, of
1: fun. I would listen to you speak too. You're just a good speaker, like, I yes, just like man. like the way that he articulated it. One, one, yeah, one of the, the better, of one of the more
0: charismatic speakers on the circuit that I speak on. Um, a lot of fun every time I go listen to him speak. Which has been several times. I always get some good stuff out of it. So,
1: thanks so much. I would yeah. listen to you speak too, Don. Thank you, sir. I know. Of I'm course. trying to calm <laughs> that down a little bit. No, I no, listen. I would. I definitely would, man. That was awesome. And thanks for coming here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Do this honor. again, but we we owe you a visit first. Yeah, right? no, no, honestly,
2: cool. I, it would mean the world to
0: me. Okay. Yeah, dude. We, yeah. All yeah. right. We got
1: reps at muscleandfitness.com, Don Sal at Don Saladino at Z-Raz. Till next time, this is Reps. Uh.